have a lot of fears surrounding our relationship, especially as it gets to a point where I see him more and more in my life as a life partner, not just as somebody who's passing through. Um, but my significant other is a heroin addict and I have a lot of fear surrounding the relapse and recovery process that goes along with that. You're listening to C for C Conversations. Hey everyone and welcome to C4C Conversations. I'm your host, Elamine Abdul-Mahmoud. As you all know, C4C is all about honest and raw conversations, the stuff that really makes us think. Today we're listening to people talk about fear. Not the I'm afraid of spiders or heights kind of discussion, but the difficult stuff, the stuff that affects the decisions you make every day. When do we actually ever talk about fear anyway? Ricky and Dana go there. They break open a conversation we don't explore nearly enough. What comes to your mind when you hear the word fear? Um, recently, I think it's something um, that I'm afraid of, but really want to do. Yeah. So um, anything that I am terrified of, how do I explain it? Like realizing that I'm capable of even though I tell myself that I can't or like that I'm scared of doing it or achieving it. Right. Something like that. And do you have any recent experiences that kind of relate to that? I mean like the most recent one where I just decided to ditch everything and pack up a bag and travel for six weeks all entirely on my own. Oh wow. Yeah. Nice. So, like no plans, absolutely like last minute, spontaneous decisions, um, meeting new people, like pushing myself out of my comfort zone, you know, forcing myself to talk to people I've never met in my life, walking streets. Um, or like in, being in countries where they don't speak English. Yeah. It's a little scary. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, yeah, I think when you realize like that things that um, you're afraid of make you grow, that's when I realized, I think it was probably like uh, a year or two ago where I kind of reached the peak where I realized that um, growth requires um, courage and overcoming um, your fears. And so I guess, was there like a, like a specific event that triggered this or just kind of a general... Just, uh, just like just like a buildup of like certain events in my life, whether it's like school, relationships, family, where I was, um, even mental health. Yeah. Um, it kind of just all came together and you start making like realizations and um, conclusions out of it. How do you feel like when you realize that you're like doing something you're afraid of or when you overcome it? I think it is that sense of accomplishment and pride, right? It's just the fact that, you know, not necessarily anyone has said, oh, you can't do this or whatever, but more so just the fact that yourself for any self-doubt or whatever that you, you might think you're not able to do something and then 
being able to accomplish it is just such a sense of relief and, and reward. Um, I know one of the things on my bucket list right now is uh, skydiving. Because Me too. Of, yeah, and so when I was younger, I was always like, oh yeah, I definitely want to go skydiving, it sounds so fun. But I know as in the last maybe four or five years, as I've gotten older, it's kind of like the excitement of skydiving and the, the fear of skydiving is starting to, to normalize a little bit. So I'm like, I really need to do it now while I might be able to convince myself <laughs> before it's too late. So uh, trying to seize the opportunity, but yeah, I think it's kind of chasing that thrill as well, I guess. Um, do you think your fears grow um, the older you get? I think, I mean, yes and no, because I think, I don't know if I would say I am now more, we'll take skydiving example. I don't know if I would say I am more scared of skydiving than I was, you know, three, four years ago. But I think it's also partly just with getting older that you have more to lose, I'd say. It's it's more so that, you know, as you get older, you start settling down, you get into relationships, you start, you have a job, full-time job, things like that. You, you know, get a pet. There, there's just kind of more factors that compound on as opposed to, I know when I was in university, it's kind of just didn't really have a second thought. Just, it's got him, yeah, let's go, let's do it. Just yeah. It's kind of like you realize like that you realize the fear because you know what you you might lose or what you might miss out on yeah if you take on that yeah so I think it's it's I guess it's part of you know growing up and getting more mature is that not to say that you know something like skydiving is a stupid thing to do but it's just that instead of that impulsive oh yeah let's just jump into it you think more about okay what does this actually mean what could what could happen as a result of this consequences yeah. or otherwise and you just kind of you know put more thought into your actions I guess I think as I grew older for me it was more like um, the fear of if I do like A I'll miss out on B and if I do B I'll miss out on A yeah, yeah. it's gonna like catch 22 no matter what you do you miss out on something yeah you're missing out right mm -hmm. that's definitely a thing <laughs> so it's the fear I feel like the fear of options um, is what haunts me the most the older I grow because then I realized how many choices I have in life yeah one thing that uh, my father told me a long time ago when I was young and I don't think he even probably remembers this but it's really just if you're not afraid of dying then you're not afraid of anything and so that's something that even as a young child I think I think really resonate with me just because I think it, it's a really cool state of mind that really okay whatever you do at the end of it worst possible case scenario is that you die but everybody dies anyway so why be scared of it if it's going to hold you back from doing something do you talk about your fears often i don't know if i would say often i, I definitely do talk about it but I, I also think i'm probably out of the norm that i don't think most people do do you think uh, you should like not necessarily with everyone or like with your friends or even with strangers right do you think there's a certain limit or do you think it's just a topic that should be an open conversation yeah no absolutely i think it's it's a part of yourself right and i think i'm a big champion of just self-awareness on any level whether it's emotionally intellectually whatever but just knowing who you are what you're capable of what you want what you're scared of i think these are all important things just to be uh, to understand yourself right um and i think it, it is definitely something that because people don't talk about you don't think about it, and it, it might actually impact your actions in one way or the other and you not you don't even realize there's a connection there um so i definitely think it's not talked about enough mm -hmm. diana talks about the fear of making a choice and that is a fear that haunts me i'm in my late 20s and lately i keep thinking about all of the alternative life paths that could have been, not even out of regret, 
just out of fear that I missed out on a different story, a different possibility, a different, I don't know. When you make a choice, you're eliminating all of the other choices. I can't do four jobs at once. I can't go to two different schools. I can't live in two different cities at the same time. A choice is a commitment you make having no idea how it's going to turn out. But my fear itself is a privilege. I get to sit around and wonder about different paths that my life could have taken. Others don't get to worry about these things because they have much more serious issues to deal with, like their immediate safety. They fear for their bodies. They fear for their lives. Emma Jade and Anna met on the train. They didn't know each other, but they quickly connected about a common fear, what it's like to feel unsafe and have to constantly keep their guards up. Do you feel like your human rights are protected? Um, a lot of my human rights are protected. Mm-hmm. Like, if we're talking about me being a millennial, cis, hetero woman in 2017, I think I'm pretty well protected in our yeah. country. However, sometimes I don't feel so protected. For example, if I was to be sexually assaulted mm -hmm. and I wanted to bring a case forward, I probably wouldn't in our country yeah. or even in North America anywhere because mm -hmm. I don't feel like the person would be um, judged to the full extent of the law. Yeah. Yeah, as, as like a woman just walking down the street, I can feel like people watching me or like judging me or looking at me. And I don't know, I feel like that's kind of a violation right there. <laughs> True. <laughs> Especially if you can sense uh, an intention behind it. Mm-hmm, exactly. It's negative. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, all the time, all the time. Mm -hmm. I um, lost my voice um, a few months ago and literally, like nothing else, but the first thing that popped into my head was, wow, if I was assaulted right now, I wouldn't be able to scream for help, was the first thing I thought. And that's Awful. so mind-boggling that that was the first thing that popped into my head mm -hmm. after losing my voice. So yeah, I wanna, <laughs> I also just wanna be able to go for a run in the middle of the night with some headphones in. Yeah, without feeling unsafe or yeah. unsure of what might happen. Yeah. I just want to chill. I just want to be able to chill, but I can't. So when's the first time that you can remember feeling threatened? Um, honestly, the first time I went to Toronto. And how old were you? I'd say 12. 12. I was walking down the street and there are just these men who were like following me and my friend. Mm -hmm but they were following from a distance and I could hear them talking, but they weren't talk like, it wasn't clear enough to me like what they were saying, but I could tell that they were talking about us. And so we just kind of hurried to where we were going and like found my mom as soon as we could. And yeah. Yeah, usually because people are gross, mm -hmm. it usually happens like super early on in our development because our bodies are changing. Mm -hmm. So like, but the earliest one that I can also remember is like 10 or 12, something like that. And just walking down the street, I was, it was a summer day, I remember. It was probably in a short skirt, 
not that it should matter, but then, like, some guy slowed down in his car and was, like, yelling profanities at me and, like, wanting me to come over to his car. And that's, like, in my immediate neighborhood, too. Like, I hadn't even ventured away from my own neighborhood, and this was happening in front of my eyes. I had headphones in, so I kind of, like, tried to pretend to ignore him. But it was still very, very scary mm -hmm. that someone wanted to take advantage of me three minutes from my house. Um, yeah, and so I think I figured out from then that I needed to keep a guard up. And it's so tiring having to do that mm -hmm. all the time. Um, it's a lot of energy keeping a guard up and trying to protect yourself from what could be a threat, even if it's not, mm -hmm. but it could be, you know? Um, it just makes me feel like less than human thinking that if I were to bring a case forward that no one would believe me. Mm -hmm. And that's like very heartbreaking as well. Because it's such a violating thing to happen to another, for a human being to endure. And yeah, then someone gets off scot-free, they get to continue living their life how they were living it. Yeah. And you're stuck with all of the, the anguish and blaming yourself for something that wasn't even in your control. Yeah. These women talk about something I've never experienced. In a way, I'm on the other end of it. I'm a big guy who probably at times contributes to other people's fear just by being there. For me, that conversation is illuminating because it exposes me to a fear that I'll probably never fully understand. Fear that their bodies are at risk. Fear that whatever systems they rely on might not protect them, and even worse, add to their victimization. This conversation taught me that it's important to sit with the fears of others, the fears you don't know. Sometimes you decide to take on your worst fears because it's the only thing you can do. The stakes are so high and what hangs in the balance is so important that you go through it anyway for someone you love. Sarah and Mariah talk about being at peace with a lingering fear that at any moment, everything can change. This conversation covers complex, tricky ground. Sarah and Mariah talk about self-harm and addiction and it may be difficult for some people to listen to. I grew up in Alora, Ontario, then went to Toronto for five years, and currently live in Calgary. I grew up on the east coast of the States, in New Jersey, and I kind of moved all over the place. Lived in Georgia for a while. Now I live in Oakland, California. I have a lot of fear surrounding, I guess, love. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've been in love and in fear for a while because of the relationship that I'm in. I couldn't be happier to be with the person that I'm with. He's the love of my life. But I have a lot of fears surrounding our relationship, especially as it gets to a point where I see him more and more in my life as a life partner, not just as somebody who's passing through. Um, but my significant other is a heroin addict 
and I have a lot of fear surrounding the relapse and recovery process that goes along with that. So we met in New York. Uh, We were both uh, new to living in New York. I had been in the area for a while, but um, both of us, for whatever reason, decided to do online dating, which is not something I would typically do, but I got like wickedly ill for like a couple of days and I was just so bored. So I went online and made this profile for myself, met a couple of cool people that I didn't really click with um, on that level, but they were nice. And I met him and literally, I feel like the earth stopped spinning. Oh, she was a loon. I was a loon. She was a loon. I was there two weeks after. and We moved in together pretty early on. Very early. Um, He was actually clean when I met him. He was kind of oscillating back and forth between having trouble staying clean and, and being in recovery. You know, he was pretty open with me about most of it, but I didn't have enough experience to really understand what was going on when it was going on. Um, I couldn't see the signs of it on him until I was in the middle of it. Lived together for a while, and his uh, best friend unfortunately passed away from uh, an overdose. His friend was also in recovery for three months. I actually had a close friend passed away in the same manner just about two years before that. Um, so I felt like I could understand his grieving process, but what I did not understand were all of the things that came after that. He was having a lot of stomach issues, supposedly, and spending a lot of time in the bathroom and this and that. And, you know, of course, those were all signs that I was just not aware of, that he had fallen into a really strong relapse. And he spent months and months trying to get footing again, solid footing. And, and I saw the struggle and how hard it was for him. There was never a time in there when he said, you know, fuck it, I want this life for myself. Um, it was never like that. We didn't have access to support in any way uh, in New York. It was really hard. We went in and out of emergency rooms and, you know, trying to get him a bed in different inpatient rehabs and it never worked because there are just really limited resources there so we moved to California and he was able to get help there which was miraculous and he's done really well since Mm -hmm. because he wants to because he was ready to do that work for himself he is in recovery for over a year now he's been clean but there's always something in the back of my head that tells me if we build a life together, the life that I think we both want, with children and maybe a house and maybe other things in the mix that would be financially and otherwise binding and emotionally binding to each other, um, what happens if it all dissolves? Just saying that, literally my heart is racing right now, like thinking about it. It is a very Mm -hmm. physical reaction that you can have even thinking about something that you fear. It's interesting that like what I was thinking of sharing about my fear is like habits and like cycles repeating themselves and not learning from mistakes. Bad habits. Bad habits and like habits that are life-threatening. I used to be just like so scared of my ex dying. Did you have any rituals to like soothe yourself? 
when you were feeling like that? Oh, no. I was batty. Like, I don't think I had healthy rituals. Like, I did some pretty destructive things. I didn't ask if they were healthy <laughs> rituals. <laughs> I did. I did, like, really disturbing things at that point in my life. Like, I look back and I'm just like, who made that call? Like just lunatic like trying to control the situation trying to understand it like at first I would say I reacted by like drinking a lot no control no I don't know there was like really dark dark times like so isolating you just described the fact that when you were feeling fear the most your go-to ritual at least at first was to drink and to kind of numb those feelings because they are such physical and emotional feelings they can be really overwhelming and I think a lot of people do try to numb them in different ways Mm -hmm. whether it's drinking or something else I was also cutting myself at that time like loony stuff like really hardcore yeah I mean that's not that's not uncommon for people to try to feel something else or to Mm -hmm. disregard the feelings that are making them hurt kind of like like or not not having words to describe how painful it really is or Or not having a safe outlet for it yeah but then I went totally the other way and I I think that's more my personality but like I am definitely someone who's like all in or all out. What do you mean you went totally the other way? Like there was a thing that snapped and I was just like, um, I have to make the decision to learn from this or I am going down the same spiral. And so I just decided to like stop drinking, stop doing anything hurtful to myself. And it was just like the next day, like that's just how it happened. Like, what made you snap and change? Like, what was the moment? Probably just came out of love. Like, probably was like, I love this person so much. But, like, that's not who I am. It's not like a we're going down together situation. Probably. Also, um, we had a big moment when, like, one of our friends passed away during that time as well. So, like, that made a big impact on, like, a reality check kind of thing. Do you think you're afraid of um, others having dependency on you for their own survival? Absolutely. I think all of the fears of my future, because I know that I do want to have a family, um, and I can see that for myself, Um, what if I make a... The wrong decision beforehand that affects the rest of their lives but then there's also a, a counterbalance to that in that it would be terrifying for me to think of like not going through my life with this man who is everything to me I love him completely right he's gone to the ends of the earth for me he's peddled the hell of opiate addiction for me you can experience something and learn not to be afraid you can teach yourself or hear from someone else and take it to heart and teach yourself and train yourself not to be afraid of something true you 
are going to either train yourself to not be afraid of your future marriage mm-hmm. and not be afraid of your future breakup. Like, either or, right? Or just empower myself, you know? I feel like mm-hmm. the fear is prompting me to seek out resources like Naranon and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, which has been really helpful to me. Um, seeking out a community of people who understand where I'm at. And also just learning how to manage my expectations. I can't really change somebody else's actions, but I can change my own actions. Put myself in a good position so that if stuff does go downhill, um, it won't be the end of me nor my family. Both of us are people that have like survived a lot and been like, well, I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> but like we've also seen other people who have endured a lot that haven't been so cool with it I've been waiting for the moment when I'm just like living a really boring normie life I'm just so looking forward to it right just relaxing and I think maybe it's like the lack of uh the lack of fear that I see in that picture Mm -hmm. that uh attracts me to it yeah absolutely We tend to think of the opposite of fear as an intense boldness. Fearless is the kind of descriptor for people who are so brash in their actions. But courage is quieter. Courage is not in avoiding fear. It's in making peace with it, walking with it, making space for it, and moving forward anyway. Thanks for listening. We're always interested in what people have to say. Please send us your comments, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at C4C Canada. That's the at sign C4C Canada. Please review us on iTunes. That would help more people find the podcast. And also check out more conversations on our website, challengeforchange.ca. That's challenge for spelled out F-O-R change.ca. Thanks to our founding sponsors, the Macmillan Family Foundation, Inspirit Foundation, and the National Film Board of Canada. Our conversations are recorded in partnership with Via Rail Canada. Many thanks to Ryerson University, Carleton University, MyTax, and IMAX Corporation for their support. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of C4C Conversations as we listen to people open up about parents. Before I had Keystone, I was like a little troubled kid, I guess. (laughs) And then when I had him, everything just changed, I guess, smartened up a little bit. You know, I was adopted by them. Um, and you know, and they gave me a life that I, that has been simply amazing. The least that I could do is is try and extend the wonderful life they have together as long as as they as they can, right? That's next time on C for C Conversations. 